welcome to the TV Kids Summer Festival. I'm Kristen Brzezowski, Executive Editor of TV Kids, and I'm speaking with Mercury Filmworks, Heath Kenny, and Chantal Ling. Hi, Heath. Hi, Chantal. Hello. Everybody. <laughs> so great to speak with you both. And first off, congratulations on the 25th anniversary. Thank you. Too kind. We're very excited. It's a big year for us. So we're happy to celebrate been some of those big mile markers that have brought the company to where it is today? I think one of the major mile markers, but you know, uh, Mercury was set up in 1997 and immediately Clint Eland, uh, our president, made a really bold statement coming out of the gate, um, which is he wanted to be and build the best animation studio in the world. And to me, when I hear that story and I think about it, when you're just starting out, it's extremely bold. And so, you know, as we were growing and we we had, a, a, just like creative, we had a Northern star to work towards, right? And so everything was towards becoming the best animation studio in the world. And obviously, in the 2D space, for sure, I believe that we are one of the best and we're very respected in that regard. And then also, you know, we are one of the first studios that um, embraced Toon Boom Harmony and really took on that challenge to go to digital and how do we make it feel uh, traditional? And, you know, projects such as Toon Puddle came out of that, um, which I think when we look at Toon Puddle even nowadays, it really still stands holds to the current um, marketplace. It's a beautiful show. And I think that's another mile marker, which then led us to, you know, we were working with all the majors on the animation side, layout to lock picture. Um, and then when I came in about 11 years ago, you know, I came in from as an independent producer, really developing financing, uh, my own shows and was able to take that foundation that Mercury already had and we started elevating and offering more services where we started, you know, managing boards or managing, you know, scripts and then becoming producer on record and with, you know, majors like Amazon and that led us to a co-production where Heath and I met, we were co-producers on Atomic Puppet um, and, and then obviously Hilda. You know, so those mile markers really led us to all of those shows and to that growth. And then ultimately, Toon Puddle, Atomic Puppet, Hilda, uh, just to name a few, led us to the originals. 100%. And like that, that bedrock, if you will, that foundation of who we are as a company, you know, everything that we're building today has, is built on that. So, you know, as, as Chantal really eloquently laid out there, you know, that, that sort of journey for the company through incredible brands like, you know, the Mickey Mouse shorts and Tangle for Disney and all these different, you know, we could, we could rattle off so many different shows at the highest level of excellence. It's given us such a solid base to then start to step into the original space. Tell me about the current balance of concepts from the company's talented in-house creators and external projects. So we have on the original side, we have a slate. Uh, we've been working on a slate the last two and a half years that we're really, really proud of. Uh, and some will be announcing very shortly. Um, we have approximately 15 projects and happy to say that, you know, it's just looking exactly how much and 50% of that is coming from our internal uh, creatives internally, which is, we're so proud of because that's one of our focuses is yeah. to focus on building our people and building really strong storytellers. So, 
we have a really nice balance of our 15 shows. uh, 50% are coming from internal. You know, that's something we've really like deliberately try to foster. We've had huge amounts of support from the studio as a whole. We have a shorts program. You know, I'd like to think, you know, inadvertently it's led to to the wider community here in, in, in Ottawa and Ontario, you know, also having shorts events in, in our local community. Well, there was one recently, a show and tell at a, a local cinema where a lot of anime start to show their their content. So it's not just our studio, it's our community. How does Mercury Filmworks act as a service provider for its partners? And what are those goals for the work for hire business? You know, I'll just jump in to start, but Chantal has more experience on this because she's <laughs> leading the charge on a lot of our, our really big uh, uh, you know, service productions. But I think that, you know, we're still doing what we've always done. And I think that's really seeking to be of service at the, at the highest level again, um, but also like seeking to understand from the onboarding process of any new show uh, to, to understand what the needs are of our clients and our, and our creative leaders. So whoever the creative stakeholders are, the first thing we do is we really try to actively listen. And I know that's, you know, a pretty obvious thing, but, but I think we do it particularly well. It's because people are humble and they're really seeking to be of service. And mm-hmm. it's always been quite, um, for me, it's been really humbling to see the way that the, the, the teams here, after all the success they've had, they attack every new production with the same level of enthusiasm and hunger to please and to, and to seek to, to, to bring something of value uh, to any new service job that we have. Um, and that combined with the, the learnings that Chantal just described in terms of being able to expand that offer into, into things that are, that are beyond uh, just animation and, and move into other parts of the, of the, of the process, um, I think it's, it's a level of generosity and a level and, and hunger for excellence that I think is pretty rare in the marketplace. Yeah, I think before, you know, the, the buzzwords of partner led and, and partnership, we looked at service because we, you know, Mercury started as a service company and we took that word service very um, literally, you know, to be of service. And really, we we kind of we we realized we needed to be the we act and realize we needed to be the guardians of the creative. And we take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's just an eight in our DNA from the service. And it's kind of fed into our originals team as well. And um, yeah, I think that's where it comes from. Yeah, exactly. Because like in originals, what we what we seek to do from the very beginning is identify what the sort of pillars or what the promise of a, of a show is or a property is. Um, and Chantal and I go through a, a sort of thought exercise of, of figuring out based on what we believe to be the strategy or the promise of this show, um, then what are the stories we're telling ourselves that need to be true for this to be a reality? And then once we uh, like list those in terms of importance, then all of a sudden we know exactly the things that we cannot compromise on for this to be a success. Mm-hmm. And that I think is an empowering place to be because all of a sudden, yeah, you can be a collaborative partner, but you're not compromising uh, unintentionally company working to maintain its reputation as a collaborative studio to support and nurture creatives visions we really kind of lean into that service um, and and supporting the creative vision and not getting in the way of that and moving towards that always and really understanding you know from the get-go and I think our process really and how we um, figure that out. The processes that Heath brought into the company, I think, has elevated us even further, enabled us to really focus in on each project uniquely and servicing that project and that creative team. Yeah, I think one of the ways we talked about it really on is that is that you know we have a very deep and robust pipeline. 
Um, but it's thanks to our people that it's able to be flexible and agile at the same time. You know, we can do something that feels slapstick, cartoony, and almost hand-drawn like Mickey. Um, and then we can do something else that is really subtle in its performance and and really like, you know, very, very complex, like like Tangled, right? And then if you take something like Hilda, which is a, a bridge between the two, where you have that subtle emotional acting, um, but you also have a really nice hand-drawn feel to it as well. So we can do these things and we can flex and move our pipeline to suit the creative you know, whether it's Craig McCracken on, on Kid Cosmic or uh, another showrunner that we might be working with on a, on a new show on Originals, um, we're always thinking about, okay, well, how can we really make sure that the technology and our people serve the creative? And so uh, that's, the, that's a, a, again, a, a really like strong and important thing for us in terms of how we onboard things. And how we cast our shows even, you know. That's, and, a, good, yeah, that's a good point too, yeah. Yeah, to cast our shows and you know, ensuring that there are diverse voices and that it's authentic, which is very important to the marketplace. Hallelujah, finally. <laughs> um, so happy about that. And and the stories that we tell, you know, so when we look at our slate, you know, every, you know, every quarter, every year, Heath and I sit down, we look at our slate and, you know, we make sure that that's represented as well. But I know that we work extremely hard in our projects to ensure that we're casting appropriately and that we have a diverse voice as far as the types of stories that we're telling. Exactly. And, you know, and that's easy to say, it's a whole other thing to do it because what it means is sometimes projects get delayed heavily because like we haven't found the right people. We have to wait, we have to keep looking. Um, And, you know, I think that's, that's a passion of ours. And and it's something that we feel it's, it's super important to, um, to the genuine uh, reach of a show. Like, I think that when you do have the right uh, level of diversity of voices in and around the show's core team, then all of a sudden it's potential reach internationally, which let's face it, the market now is way more international than it ever has been. It makes a real difference in mm-hmm. terms of audience engagement. And so for us, it's, a, it's, it's really a, a, one of those things that becomes a pillar of the way we approach original content. Mm-hmm. What's been the guiding force for Mercury Filmworks as it ramps up its development of original content? Much like what Clint did early on when he started the company and made a really bold statement, we did the same on the original side when we launched the originals uh, team and department. And, uh, you know, our mission is to become the best storytellers in the world. And that's super bold. And it's, you know, it's really can be hard to say, but that is our driving force. That's what we move towards. That's what we try and grow towards every day. We make mistakes. We try and nurture that. And then the other, I would say the other guiding force is that we focus on not only just the projects, but we focus on the people and our processes and the projects. And we're just every day, like really Chantel and Heath are just trying to be get better at what we do, you know? And so, and as leaders, we show that humility as well so that people feel safe so that we can create a safe place to be creative and to do business. So it's, I would say it's, those are our guiding forces. And I I really would love Keith for you to talk a little bit more about our process because you've been so instrumental and I find it so inspiring what you've brought to the company and how we've evolved on the original side and how we, you know, we, we tackle things. Cause I just think it's so unique and, um, and it's thanks to you. So I think you should speak to it. That's very nice of you, Chantal. And I think that uh, I couldn't agree more with everything you said. I think that one of the, one of the sort of like mantras that we use a lot is, is that is what Chantal just finished with, with the idea of creating a safe place to be creative and a, 
and a creative place to do business. And I think that 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 feeds right into this little, I'm going to show a little couple of things here, but it feeds right into this process stuff as well. Because for me, that really came from this idea of how do we create a safe place to be creative and obviously a creative place to do business. But and that in itself, I think is it's a challenge. And I think that it's a challenge that most people, I think well, most people, I think a lot of people face. So um, so I'll just jump straight into this little presentation here. So back to the mission, you know, obviously we're talking about developing people, process and projects. A lot of people just focus on the projects, but if you don't um, create the process for your people, uh, then there's nothing for them to follow and you can't create, you can't create something that's repeatable. And also if you ask your people to take, to go from doing one thing that they've been doing, like in terms of expertise, incredibly, incredibly well, and then jump straight to like, okay, now you're going to jump into the fear of the blank page it's terrifying. So you have to get them ready. So that's why it's, you know, it's people process projects. You can't do it any other way. It doesn't work. And trust me, I've tried and it doesn't work. So um, that's a really, really important piece of it. Right. And we've really worked that not just to be a catchphrase, but also to be a reality. And again, part of the way we make a safe place to be creative is we, we need to openly manage risk. We need to manage expectations of our creators and we need to openly manage risk with uh, internally with our, with our, you know, at, all of our back office and finance teams that are supporting us and allowing us to do the things that we do, we need to be able to communicate with them. We need to be able to manage that risk openly and clearly. And also as we, as we move into more strategic partnerships, same thing, we need to understand how we're managing our risk as partners. So the first piece of this three, three step process um, is managing originals, obviously um, existing IP and service development. But the first piece that we're, well, I want to talk about today is pre-development development and pre-production. So the first piece is our own risk on our own, right? So we're 100% like like leaping off a cliff into like, does anybody in the marketplace even think this is a good idea? Because one of the things that we really believe in is that you could love a project to bits, but if nobody wants it, who are you going to sell it to? So we need to make evidence-based decisions on how we move projects forward. And that's a key thing, evidence-based decisions. And what is evidence? It's like, it's not just, hey, I really like your uh, pink uh, hoodie there. I think I want to take your show. That's not evidence. That's just someone being polite or whatever. You're having a bit of chit-chat. What we need is, is proof that there's real engagement. And then we're going to take the project to the next phase. And then what that means is we can make bold and confident moves in terms of the, 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 the sales tools that we're creating to be able to, to pitch things and move things forward. Because obviously we want to always create forward momentum. And if there isn't any, then we want to confidently be able to let a project go. And hopefully it finds a better home or another home that we can't provide. But ultimately it's bringing clarity, transparency, and again, safety, right? Because again, we want to make sure that our creators feel safe and confident because there's nothing worse than a, a creator that lacks confidence. Uh, it's really hard to work with them and it's really hard for them to work with us. So then we move into development. That's where we have a shared risk with a, with a broadcaster on board or a partner. And then ultimately pre-production, which is where, in our opinion, the development process ends. Because that's, that's where all the theories and the stories you're telling yourself about finance become either a reality or you end up with a gap. But at that point, you have to make a decision about how you're going to pull the trigger on a green light. So that's the only, that's the moment where things like come to completion. Um, so that's kind of the, the top, the top level, high level uh, process. But then I'm going to step, step, uh, jump through, sorry, to our workshop process as well, because again, the tools are as unique as, uh, as our projects. And so we want to make sure that we have workshops that allow us to onboard projects and to move projects through. And one of the biggest challenges I think for anyone working in originals or, or creating content from scratch is alignment. If you have a lack of alignment, then you can waste money and precious money and precious time. 
uh, and people being misaligned and ending up in different places than you expected. And that's the worst outcome, I think, for most uh, content producers. So this is a little snapshot of one of our alignment workshops. It's a nine-step workshop process that allows us to identify the core themes and the promise of any property. And from that, we can create a, a, a business and a creative strategy, and we can cast a team uh, that is set up for success. And as Chantal said earlier, casting is key, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that everyone's like uh, on the same page, they're aligned, they're heading in the same direction, and that we're building sales tools that will deliver on the core promise of a show. And that's key because we want to make sales tools that really matter. Now, I didn't just make this up. Uh, I was doing this for years before. As you can see, there's a whole bunch of photos of different workshops that we've done all over the world. Uh, there's even uh, uh, Brittany Barry, a close friend of mine, who was doing workshops uh, for Agents Martin Berlin and then did a keynote at Kid Screen a few years ago. And in parallel, I did a masterclass, which incidentally sold out yeah. <laughs> uh, at Kid Screen. And we were able to really prove that this is actually not only valuable, people are willing to pay for it. And it's an interesting, interesting process in terms of protecting uh, the creative vision and also the, you know, the, the, the business strategy behind a project. So the main thing is that we're really looking uh, to be better together, as Chantal said, trying to get better all the time and trying to work for a way that we can serve our partners, man help them manage their risk uh, and make sure the creative is getting a fair uh, a sense of where they're going and how realistic it is. Ultimately, we all know we're in a risk adverse marketplace right now. I think animation industry as a whole has been through a lot of difficulties. Uh, what we're learning is our plucky little team has come up with a system that may help us manage our own risk, but it's actually a service that people need right now and we're happy to share it. Now, having had this front row seat to the evolution of the animation business, what do you see as the next frontier that the future holds? <laughs> I know Heath will answer this one because it's constantly evolving. <laughs> I have opinions on this. Uh, no, it's interesting. Uh, I have a, yeah, it's, I, had, I uh, was thinking about this a lot lately, obviously, um, but I think that the, uh, the, the big one for me uh, is, is format. Uh, because I think that that's the one that's shifting. I know you thought I was going to say uh, AI, but I'm going to get to that. But it's uh, it's format because ultimately, you know, our industry has been driven by the commercial half hour for the longest time, right? And then all of a sudden, we shifted from that advertising-driven model into into subscriber-driven, right? And that's a whole different it's a whole different uh, uh, interaction with content and a whole different way of consuming content. So, what is the next logical thing that AI will empower us to do? is create user-driven formats. So for example, if you were to come onto your uh, various subscriber platforms and you put in your profile and you say, you know what? I don't want to watch Game of Thrones as a series. It's too long. I don't have to fast forward through it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch it as a film. I'm going to watch it as three films. And AI is going to edit it for you and it's going to spit it out for you to watch it when you're ready. Uh, or you know what? I want to watch it as shorts because I can only watch it on my way to the office when I'm catching the public transport or whatever it is. So I just want to watch it on my phone. So it's going to spit out another edited version of the content for me to consume in the way that I want to consume it wherever I am and however I want. And that I think is going to be the next frontier for us as content creators is to find a way to, to elevate that user experience through AI and to create content that has multi-use cases. Now we've seen different platforms dabbling in that. And we've seen various uh, types of success. I think personally that uh, Netflix tried um, a show recently called uh, So I Lost My Human. And, you know, having gone through that process a couple of times, it's genuinely interactive and it's genuinely interesting in terms of format. And I think because they had to create one ginormous piece of content that can be consumed in different ways, 
it's the beginning of figuring that out. And if you add if you add AI into that, then all of a sudden you have a very powerful offering to retain your subscriber base and to get people to come to your platform rather than somebody else's. So I think that's a frontier that we're going to see. And obviously that leads into the AI conversation. But I think AI, I think is good. we're going to see it more. Obviously right now it's the new search and that's working great for everybody. A lot of people are using it, but also I think you're going to see it pop up in production management a lot as well. Uh, I think OpenGBT is really interesting in the way it's creating... Um, uh, production management tools. If you can give it a timeline and a budget and it can, it can spit out uh, a, a working plan for you, um, then that's valuable. It's really, really valuable. So I think we're going to see that pop up as well. Um, and on the artistic side, I think it, it's just, again, it's a curb jump now we have to get ready for. But as Chantal earlier said, the way we future-proof ourselves is we focus on stories rather than technique. And we're seeking to become the best storytellers in the world. And we're seeking to continually push the envelope in terms of that quest for excellence that our, our company is built on. Digging a little bit deeper into Mercury Filmworks specifically, what is that future focus for the 12 to 18 months as you look out? I think, you know, to, to, to sort of sum it up, I think that uh, I think it's a good moment after COVID, coming to COVID, right? Everyone's going to get back into it. I think that we really want to remind everybody that we're still here. We're still doing what we always did, delivering at the highest level. Uh, in a very generous way. Like I think you could describe us as like constantly being, you know, uh, persistent in a generous way. We're still here doing fantastic things. Our animation teams constantly blow my mind in terms of what they're capable of doing. You know, as an animation fan and as an ex-animator, I find it absolutely incredible. Um, but also we want to introduce ourselves to the folks that don't know us because there are people out there that still aren't aware uh, of the, you know, illustrious history of this company. But also I think more importantly, um, how much value our teams can bring uh, in terms of production service, the full caretaking package of your precious properties and brands, um, and also the fact that there are new offerings from us now. We, we can actually come in at different points uh, to assist you along your content's journey, you know, whether that is running workshops, whether it's, you know, helping facilitate that development process and doing like, you know, service development, uh, or whether it's doing layout to lock pictures, we've traditionally done and delivering animation that I hope will reach, uh, you know, your audience goals. Uh, but also we can do the whole thing. We can do from end to end manage, you know, from the very beginning of development all the way through to final delivery. We can also do that too. And we're doing it more and more. Um, so, you know, making sure that, that those things are still top of mind for people and making sure that everyone understands how the company is evolving. Um, and then the other thing, spoiler alert, uh, is that we also are starting to uh, do more and more CGI, yeah. which is also interesting. It's something we haven't really done before. Personally, I've done it at, at Gourmet in the past. I've done it quite a lot. And one of my favorite shows was Naughty, the Toyland Detective, to develop and produce. And, you know, because I like playing with toys. So I think, you know, we'll probably end up seeing a few more of those types of things coming our way as well. Yeah, I think the original side really allows us to continue to innovate and push ourselves. And CGI is definitely one of those areas where we're, we're doing that right now. Uh, and we'll have some offerings, as you probably will see in the next 12 to 18 months. And as well, looking at, you know, new financing models and, you know, looking at ways of retaining and managing our rights as we as we move um, in the original space in the next 12 to 18 months, that will yeah. become very important as well. That's a good point. And, and, and also one of the things that I think lastly to add to that as well is that is that we are very actively, um, you know, trying to make sure that we have a, a, 
not only uh, um, you know policies around diversity, equity, inclusion, but also you know it's part of our content strategy as well. We're looking to elevate voices that otherwise wouldn't have those opportunities. Chantal and I are, are trying to spread you know our, our our net further in terms of the types of, of of shows that we're looking for and the kind of creators that we're collaborating with. So so that's a um, that's a it's a very exciting thing for us too. We're 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 getting a lot of creators coming to us now because they've heard the news that you know this is actually a safe place to be creative. Uh, and I think that in itself is a real win for us. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing all that's to come. And thank you both so much for taking the time today to show us everything that's happening at the company and from where it was 25 years ago to the innovation that is happening there today. So thank you again to you both. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.